This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? Well, for wintertime, I guess it's nice. Who knows? We're going to be talking about gardening oh, for the next hour. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and you've tuned in to Mississippi Public Radio's gardening program. It's called the Gestalt Gardener. It's live. It's all about what you want to do in your gardens. I know it here is pushing early, well, really it's pushing the middle of February, and uh, we still got some winter ahead of time, maybe a month or so. I'm not trying to be down, but, you know, right now a lot of people are saying, ooh, I can't wait till spring gets here. And I'm thinking there's lots of really cool stuff out there right now. Gather ye rosebuds. Well, not any rosebuds. Gather ye camellias and daffodils while ye may. Lots of stuff we can be thinking about and doing and planning uh, for the next, uh, before springtime. So don't wait till spring. Enjoy what you've got. We've got all sorts of things we could talk about. And it's a live program, me and Java and all the folks at MPB. Java, how you doing, man? Man, hanging in there, hanging in there. We just got over a whole lot of rain a couple of days ago. And uh, yeah. now the temperatures have mild, you know, become a little milder as for this late, is it late winter? We, yeah. No, no. We're, yeah, we oh, it was middle winter. Another, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We still got five weeks of winter time. Yeah, till, till middle of March, yeah. But, you know, a lot of people, they get their juices going. They can't wait for doing stuff. And there's actually a lot of things we can enjoy this time of year. Not as much, you know, of course. And it's not as pleasant out there. But there's still some stuff we can do. And I know a lot of people are really concerned, Java, about the about the damage there, that, that's still showing up in the garden from that unusual sudden freeze we had back in December that caught plants before they had a chance to kind of toughen up for winter. They got slammed. So anyway, we can talk about that kind of stuff or or, or upbeat, more positive things if you want to talk about it. But uh, meanwhile, you say we might have a caller already? Yeah, we have an early caller. Um, we want to thank Jim from Jackson for, for joining the show bright and early this morning. How you doing, Jim? Good. Good morning. Jim Rosenblatt here. Uh, I want to do talk about I'm encouraged by something I saw the other day. Even though my azaleas have lost all of their leaves, uh, I see on the tips little bits of green and a few blossoms on a couple of the azaleas. So I'm encouraged that maybe they have life after all. They they do, Jim. As a matter of fact, a lot of people are seeing that. And there's a couple of things that, that I'd like to, to give a heads up about. One is because those plants have dropped all the leaves, they're going to be kind of a rangy, kind of leggy, kind of naked looking this year. So this might be a good year after they finish blooming to go ahead and cut them back and just sort of rejuvenate them. So a lot of, a lot of plants that drop the leaves, they're going to put new growth on on the tips, and it's going to make them leggy. So, so pretty heavy pruning sometime in the spring. The other thing, Jim, is when you get a chance, uh, check the lower stems, the lower, uh, the bigger limbs down, and make sure the bark hasn't split because we, we've seen a, a good bit of that. And that's pretty serious. So as long as the bark hadn't split, you know, these plants, they'll just do fine. They'll do fine. But anyway, have you been out to the Greenwood Cemetery lately? I know it's down near your office downtown Jackson. Yes, we had a big week last week, and you were so kind to give some publicity to the rose pruning event. I understand there's some daffodils out there, too. So, you know, a lot, you know, just because we have bad weather doesn't mean we lose it all. Some daffodils and some paper whites, uh, so, and the, 
Japanese magnolia up on the grounds of the state capitol. It looks beautiful this year. Fantastic. Well, Jim, we appreciate your call this morning. You're giving us a heads up that uh, all is not lost. Thank you, Felder. You bet. Appreciate it. Yeah, he. Um, this this is a fellow. He's the uh, dean emeritus of the law school downtown Jackson. Uh, my son and my daughter-in-law graduated from there. And uh, he has a little vegetable garden on his parking lot where he grows okra and peppers and tomatoes and stuff like that in the parking lot of the law school downtown Jackson. So anyway, uh, Java, I got, a, I got a new word this week. I don't know how to use it because it's a rude one. Oh wow! Keep as you as you as you often say, keep it clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This might actually be a, a word for 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 Kevin Farrell there because he he likes unused words. But it's called lalochesia. Lalochesia sounds good. It does sound like something like a sauce or something. Lalochesia sauce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever hit your your finger, your sump, your toe, and you said something that maybe you hope your kids didn't hear? little cuss word, maybe. Okay. That's Lollachesia. Oh, wow. Or, 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 or somebody, you know, something really, really good happens. Oh, you just blurt out something. Anyway, Lollachesia is the use of vulgar or foul language to relieve stress or pain or the emotional relief gained by using indecent language. <laughs> There's got to be a way we can use this somehow. There's got to be. I mean, Java, I'm getting back to Mississippi this weekend, right? And uh, when I walk out my yard, I haven't seen it since before the freeze in December. There might be a little lala cheese yet going on. (laughs) There just just might be. And speaking of Kevin Farrell, he's handling our our phones this morning. So um, I know that he's going to put that in his his word search, lala cheese yet. Lala cheese yet. I guess the reason I bring it up is, I will, you know, every every language has got its version of, of, of curse words. Is there, can gardeners come up with a clean garden-related curse word? Something that we can say on the radio, but it obviously is lalochesia, but it's somehow garden-related. That's sort of a challenge that I like to throw out. We have a lot of very literate listeners out here, and I'm wondering if somebody could come up with a, a, a clean word that is obviously rude or vulgar, but it's in, but it applies to the garden, and we can say it in public. <laughs> now that is, now that does sound like a challenge. That's a New York Times crossword <laughs> challenge right there. I bet if anybody could, and we might have to coin one. You know, like green bean it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or or sweet potatoes. Yeah, it's all about the it's all about the inflection. If you can say oh, it yeah. and then put that exclamation point at the end, then it just might it might be able to ride. Yeah, I mean summer bloomers. <laughs> <laughs> now, Felder, I do I do have a question, and um, this this person Julia who sent this question in, she may be using a little Lala Cheesia because she um, wants to talk about raising carrots. She's in the Memphis area, and in her email. Verbatim quoting Julia, I am a complete failure at this exclamation point. Huh. So <laughs> let's can can we help her out about raising carrots? Is that something that we can do this time of year? Yeah, well, yeah, we we can. Carrots are, you know, this is another example of a of a plant that really wants to be in a different climate. It likes a long, cool growing season, which we don't have. We have hot, torrid, humid, wet summers, and we have freezes in the winter. And carrots don't like either of those. They like a long, cool spell, like English peas. You know, we have a hard time with them, or sweet peas. 
Uh, they just need a longer, cooler spell. So the trick is planting them uh, early enough in the late summer so the plants don't die, and then they mature when it gets cooler in the fall. You know, uh, so that's one thing. Starting them, you know, uh, August or first part of September and harvesting before it gets really cold. The other is trying to get them started uh, late February or the first part of March. Hopefully that the seed, the little seedlings won't freeze, which they don't like. And if you can get them, you know, to where they start growing, then in uh, March, April, May, first part of June, they still have time to produce a crop because it takes three, three and a half, maybe four months to get a good carrot. So the trick is. Uh, planting them early enough in the summer without them frying so that they produce in the fall or producing them late enough in the winter, hopefully the little seedlings don't freeze, and then they have plenty of time to make it before it gets too hot in the summer. The other thing about carrots is they need a real good, rich, loose soil, or else you get these, what I, you know, my, my little raised bed is a little bit rough. Uh, it's, it still hasn't gotten cream. It's still got chunky stuff. So I had really wobbly-looking not pretty store-bought type. The kind of carrots I grow, you, you wouldn't buy in a store. So if you, you want to try growing them in a pot, some pots with pretty good potting soil, you know, then they could be dragged in real quick if it's going to freeze, and, and the potting soil is loose enough to where they can grow a pretty good straight root. So, you know, there, there's that thing. The other thing about, um, about, about carrots is the variety. You know, they have varieties that when they're completely mature, they're not any bigger than my thumb. You know, they have some that'll get two feet long or longer. So choosing the right variety, one that's on the package says it'll get, oh, five, six, seven, eight inches or so long. You know, choosing the right kind of variety, planting them early enough without them freezing, maybe they'll have time to produce something by fall. So, you know, that that's a good start. Okay, well, I hope I hope Julie was uh, listening this morning. And now, Felder, I, I, I was texting you about what we we're about to do because we have a full bank of calls. I'm talking about okay. from Jackson, Northwest Alabama, all the way to Woo. Oxford. Full bank of calls. Does that sound gonna, good? We're going to take time, but knock them out. All right, folks, uh, horticulture is Felder rushing me and Java Chapman and Kevin Farrell and all the other big hitters at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We're here for you. We are here for you. If you can come up with a good, clean, garden-sounding cuss word, that's not a real cuss word, but if you were to say uh, cold cabbage or something, whatever it takes, it's called Lala, uh, Lala Cheesia. I would like to mention that there's some events this weekend. There are two big native plant sales in Mississippi. One's at the Clinton Community Nature Center. It's a huge sale every every spring. And also one at the Crosby Arboretum. Both of them are this Saturday uh, uh, from, from in the morning time. Meanwhile, look forward to yakking with folks about your gardening because that's what we're doing. Okie dokie, folks. The poem I made allusion to was by Robert Herrick called To the Virgins to Make Much of Time. And it starts out, Gather ye rosebuds wild ye may, old time that is still a-flying. And this same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. So don't wait till springtime, folks. We've got plenty of stuff to enjoy. Seize the day in the garden. And if you don't have much to seize out there this year, run around town and look at what made it through that horrible winter and see if you don't want some of that in your yard this time next year. Meanwhile, let's uh, start out um, in Oxford, Mississippi, Lafayette County, talking with Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Morning. 
I had a What's question up? for you, and I was hoping you could answer for me. Is right now in my garden, I'm getting uh, one or two mounds of fire ants. Is there anything yeah. you know that can help do that? Because I don't want to put chemicals in there because I mostly put eating vegetables in there, and I don't want yeah. any you know chemicals leach over into that. Is there anything you yeah. know that I can do for that? Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, there, there are a couple of things. First of all, there's not anything you can put out there that's going to prevent it. You know, anything that's going to, that you're going to prevent insects with has to last a long time. And even the, 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 the worst chemical insecticides we have, they don't last long. So you need to wait till the ants start to pop up. Usually when the soil starts to warm, uh, late March, April, after the rain, they start making their mounds because fire ants need warmth. And so as soon as they start spreading around and, and, and uh, a little bit later, the mounds start popping up, they're really easy to control. Uh, one way is to put some bait out there. But the problem with the bait is it takes a long time. they got to take it back, feed it to queen, and it takes a long time. So any kind of liquid insecticide that says it will control fire ant, including some natural products, will do a good job if you treat the mounds late in the day. You know, because all the ants are in the mound late in the day. Um, and, and by the way, as far as using uh, synthetics or chemicals, as long as you're treating the mounds, they don't move and get translocated and absorbed by by vegetables. So even if uh, it, 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 even if you like to use chemicals, you don't want to put chemicals on the stuff you eat. But if you're treating the mounds, it's not a problem. They don't move that way and they're not absorbed in the plants. So uh, a lot of people say put grits on it. Nope, doesn't work. They say put boiling water on it. I can't imagine anything more dangerous, uh, Jesse, than wandering around the yard with pots of boiling water. But that'll kill them. So, you know, the, the trick is late in the day when all the ants are in the mound, treat the entire mound. Make a soupy mess out of it with water with just a little insecticide um, that's labeled for ants, and it'll work. There are other things you can put on the mounds, too. The main thing is don't worry about it getting on your vegetables because they don't move that way, and they're not absorbed in the plants that they're not put on. So, I, you know, I, I empathize not want to use chemicals, but uh, boiling water do the trick, but it's real dangerous. These other things like grits, forget it. That is an absolute false thing, but everybody, everybody says to, to do it. So am I too general here? Yeah, I also had a small success story. Uh, whenever I was uh, making me some sandwiches the other day, I saved a little onion root ball, and I put it in my window box, and now i got about a 6, 8-inch uh, film coming from the root ball from the um, end of the onion ball. <laughs> there you go. You know, you can eat the leaves of those. You go to chop them up like chives. Yeah, I had some uh, garlic chives in my uh, uh, window box for my garden, for my herb garden. I uh, put it in every year, and I'll, I have a nice little window box that gets good sun in my big bay window in front of my house. Is that inside or outside? Inside. Yeah, well, the reason I'm asking because, except for the fact that that freeze we had in December was so hard and so early that it caught plants off guard. Plants that will normally take 10 below zero were damaged by that sudden hard freeze. But chives and garlic chives will grow outdoors in Michigan. See, so if you wanted to, to, to put some in a pot with some other stuff out there, you can grow it outside. All year, even through the a normal winter time, no problem. I also heard that uh, won't calves, you know, run like uh, mint or anything like that would? Because I keep no, mint no. in a special pot by itself. Because I heard that mint will no. uh, run and take over a whole entire garden. 
Well, mint will it will run and spread, but you just pull it up. That's all you do. You just pull it up. It's not not, not that big a deal. But no, uh, uh, chives and garlic chives they spread in little clumps, sort of like uh, monkey grass. So you don't have to worry about them running and taking over. Okay. All right. Thank okay, you very good luck, much. Good, 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 good. Appreciate. It. Good luck on the ants. Okay. Now let's slide back to Jackson. Good morning, Hibbit. How are you, sir? Oh, Felder. Good to hear from you. Uh, you'll you'll find out when you come home that all the aspidistra have turned uh, brown, and uh, after that freeze. And I'm wondering if you should cut it back or just leave it there or are they going to be dead or, or what? Yeah. Could you give me some well, advice? This, yeah, this is a good question. And, you know, a lot of people have noticed this. Well, see, I have the advantage or disadvantage of being from North Mississippi. And we often had, you know, damage to monkey grass and uh, uh, star jasmine and, and, and aspidistra. We often had it up north. We're used to it. But to answer your question, the leaves that, that are put up by monkey grass and aspidistra, the, the cast iron plant, they put up all the growth just in the spring, and that's what you got till the next spring. If you don't do anything, the new growth is going to come up through the old stuff. Old stuff's going to just fade away. So you don't have to do anything, but it's a good opportunity to go ahead and just cut it down, kind of clean it up a little bit, and that way the new growth will come out looking nice and clean. Uh, but if you're going to do this, Hibbert, you need to get on it pretty qu- quick because in the next few weeks, when aspidistra and monkey grass start putting up their new growth of the year, if you nip that with your pruning shears or your mower, then it'll look ragged till next year. So, you know, if you can just take a, a, a string trimmer at a real high speed or some pruning shears or a, a pruning knife or something like that, uh, I would say even the lawnmower, but if you cut it too close, you could damage the crown. But in other words, cleaning them up right now is more of a cosmetic thing than anything, but if you're going to do it, I'd get right on it. Good advice. Thanks, Felder. Okay, good to hear from you, sir. Appreciate it. Okay, now staying in Jackson, let's see what Evelyn is up to. Good morning. So this is not quite an example of La La Cheesia, but <laughs> after Katrina, a certain weed blew into my yard during Katrina. And I had young children at the time. And I didn't want to say the, the uh, dirty version of that dang weed. So dang, my mother, well, that, yeah. <laughs> that dang weed. So um, I, my mother is from the German-speaking part of Switzerland. So we just called it der verdammte Unkraut because nobody knows what that means here. And that worked great until we were in Switzerland and my youngest, thought he saw the dang weed there. And he said in German, in front of German-speaking people, Mom, is that the, der verdammte Unkraut? <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if, if they're normal, they got a good laugh out of it. <laughs> oh, they did. They did. I mean, we all, we all, you know, we all just thought it was a hoot and a half. But, I mean, so... Yeah. Uh, Dang weed in English is as close as I can come, but uh, yeah, our, our other version is what we say now, and they're young adults now, and they, they, you know, we all say it. We continue to say it. Well, you know, you, you can you can almost you can almost say with a lot of weeds that a, a good curse word would be after Katrina. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I was going to go back and help my parents, so that's, that's and, and as close about, as I get. And by the way, the Felders are from from uh, from eastern Switzerland, uh, from from just the other side of 
of uh, Zurich, and uh, I've had a really good time visiting folks up up there in the Alps. So that's where my that's where the fellas came from. So, but so I, what I'll came from? I didn't I quite understand that. From west west from eastern Switzerland. That's where the and what came from. That's where the well, Belvers are from. It's, 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 it, that's right. It came over in 1735. There was a movie called The Patriot uh, that, that featured Mel Brooks as a star. And, uh, and he actually was, was uh, portraying my fellow ancestor who was uh, in the Revolutionary War. He, he was uh, a captain. Still has a cannon on display in Orangeburg, South Carolina. But he was a, a, a captain in the uh, Revolutionary War from Switzerland. Well, I think Feld may mean like meadow or something like that. It, it, so it, 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 it means field. That's right, field. So you were named appropriately. Have a great day and a good weekend, everybody. Appreciate it. T- teach your kids better if they're going to travel internationally. Now, I'm not even going to ask what the meaning of the uh, of the word was, but... It, it was the English version of what she almost said. I mean, she was the Swiss version of the German version of what she almost said in English. Okay. Okay. Now, now I don't feel so in the dark. <laughs> no, no. We're gonna slide over to Alabama now. Talk to Joyce in Alabama. Hi, Joyce. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm I fine. have a Thank couple you. of I have a couple of quick questions about figs. Um, I tried to root some figs and um, did not have success until like two years later. I went back and was looking, and I said, "Oh my goodness, what is that in the with in amongst the mint?" And it was a small <laughs> big and then I rooted um I tried to root about 10 and I ended up with one that I rooted in a pot so I've got these two um figs that I want to put out my first question Uh is will these figs interfere with a septic tank no not really uh not not the tank itself you're not going to put it out near the near near the, the, the 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 septic field are you uh no no not really um, yeah. You're talking about the lines that come out from the septic right. tank. That's right. That's right. I wouldn't put any kind of uh, plant that's got uh, bigger fruits, uh, you know, near near a, a, a field line from septic tank. Not, not because it would be poison or anything, but because it'll booger up your septic system. Right. But as long as it's, yeah. as long as it's a as long as it's a, a fairly new septic, as long as you got like PVC pipe going to it, you know, they used to use these leaky old uh, clay pipes. And uh, mm-hmm. and anything or anything, but if you if it was put out with PVC pipe, it's not going to be a problem. Okay, okay. And my next question is: Would you go through about the best time to try to root fig cuttings? Well, you know, figs. It's, it's really funny because a lot of people, you know, no matter when I say is the best time, somebody did it the other time of the year. See, so they, <laughs> they you know, they can root almost any time. Uh, I prefer uh, late winter, this time of year, February, early March. Mm-hmm. Cutting's about mm-hmm. a foot long, about as big around as my finger. You know, not any bigger, not any smaller. Uh, you can do them in pots. You can do them in some, some good garden dirt. But also when the new growth comes out in the spring and kind of toughens up a little bit, early summer, mm-hmm. it roots pretty well then. So, yeah, okay. either way would work fine. Well, let me ask you okay. this. Do you know, what, you know what variety these are? Uh, they're... I think they may be brown turkey, I think. Yeah. Well, those are good. Keep in mind, and, and this is, I'm a fig fanatic. By the way, I saw fig trees growing in York, England this past week. And we're talking about northern England. They'll take the cold, but what they won't take is being ignored without pruning. So when you put these out, 
this year, let them get as big as you want, but every year, sometime in February, if you'll follow the tip where it stopped growing back in the fall, back to where it started growing the previous spring, in other words, last year's growth, I would cut them back and leave five or six, seven inches of that. In other words, cut them back like you would a rose, and they will branch out with more branches and more figs. And every year, if you'll just prune back the previous year's growth a little bit, you'll have fig bushes that'll have more figs, a lot easier to pick. Okay, sounds good. I appreciate your, your information this morning. Well, all righty. Have fun, Joyce. Appreciate your call. Okay. Horticulture is still the rushing, and we're talking about gardening. We're just talking about gardening. Uh, somebody sent a, a text uh, about an invented garden cuss. You ready for this in Java? <laughs> Lay it on me, man. <laughs> Peas and rice. I like that peas and rice. I I guess one of my uh, favorite um, what's the word? La, Lalo cheesier. Um, yeah, Lalo cheesier. I'm I'm a fiddlesticks guy. <laughs> fiddlesticks, you know that that works. But anyway, for anybody who may have tuned in before we got started, Lalo cheesier is the word for the use of vulgar or foul language to relieve stress or pain or to release emotions. Indecent language, and I like that with peas and rice. <laughs> oh, me. You know, whatever it takes, Java. This is Think Radio, and I, I guess that's what we're trying to do with Think. Anyway, it's a live program. If you want to give us a call, folks, the toll-free one eight seven mpb ring I'll be here right until the end of the hour, and I will be back in the studio next Friday, Java. Coming on this weekend, been in England for a couple of weeks. Uh, went over to York. Uh, which is a, a an old, an ancient town that's got walls that were built 2,000 years ago. I stayed in a hotel that had a pub. There has been a pub since before Christopher Columbus was born. <laughs> and uh, anyway, went to uh, I, I was looking at winter gardens there. Uh, one of the things that they do in, in an older gardening society. Got to remember, we in Mississippi, we've only been gardening for a couple of hundred years or so. You know, so a couple of hundred years. That's that's it. Uh, 1850s is when we had our first documented nursery in Mississippi. That's not very long ago. But what they've been going for a long, growing for a long time, uh, they start noticing gaps. You know, what looks, what's the time of year where there's the least to look at? And in most people's cases, it's wintertime. And so what they've done over here is they have all their major gardens, their botanic gardens. They've got an area set aside that looks good spring, summer, and fall. But it's at its peak in the middle of winter, middle of winter, when there's nothing else going on. They pull plants from all over here and there, your yard, your yard, the cemetery, countryside. They find plants that, that are at their peak in January or February or early March and put them together into one garden. We can do that in Mississippi, in Alabama, Louisiana, Tennessee, Arkansas. We can do that by just riding around and seeing what made it through December's horrible freeze. And that's a good starting point to have in your garden and a little combination here and there, maybe maybe not everywhere, maybe just scattered, but look for plants that are performing with little or no care right now. And think about having those in your garden next year so you don't have to moan and groan about we sure do, we spring would get here when you can enjoy what you've got right now. That's the whole idea is to uh, it, it, for, for gardening. So anyway, uh, I got a, a text from another uh, a listener, uh, actual neighbor of mine named Stephen Flood, he said poppycock. That's a classic. That's a classic. 
<laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just let that go. Thank you, Stephen. And um, uh, again, I want to emphasize that there are two great, I mean, hardcore native plant garden quality, landscape quality native plant sales going on this weekend, this Saturday, uh, February the uh, yeah, February the eleventh. One is going to be at the Clinton Community Nature Center. Now, it, this is in Clinton. It's a little small nature center. It's a really cool little place. And they've been doing this for many years. They've got great, great ready-to-go plants. Uh, if you're not, it's kind of hard to find. It's in Clinton, which is between Jackson and Vicksburg. But if you'll go to clintonnaturecenter.org, it'll have directions to it. Uh, that's Saturday morning. Also, the Cross Arboretum down uh, just outside Picayune, down uh, south Mississippi, they have an incredible – both these places, their websites have got lists of the plants that they've got, the shrubs trees, perennials, all sorts of terrific garden plots and native plants. The Crosby Arboretum, if you want to uh, know details about their plant sale, just go to Crosby Arboretum. Just, just Google it, Crosby Arboretum. They'll give you details for how to get to those kind of places. So these are folks who are dedicated to finding good quality, garden quality, attractive really nice plants that happen to be native to Mississippi, which also means that they're probably good for pollinators. They probably grow in bad conditions. The freeze doesn't affect them. The hot summer doesn't affect them. So um, these are uh, this just a good opportunity. Uh, you may know of some other plant sales or plant swaps or meetings coming up. Let me know about it. I'll be glad to, to share it. And uh, whatever's on your garden mind, we'll talk about that this morning. I uh, would like to mention, if you are concerned about about weeds in the lawn. A lot of people are beginning to see them as as uh, meadow plants, low-growing, what I call a flower lawn, a mowet-growth flower lawn. Little clover, some dandelions, some little short daffodils, violets, henbit. These kind of things are incredibly important for pollinators, incredibly important to pollinators. And for the most part, when you start mowing your lawn in uh, late March or April, they disappear for the year. So it's entirely possible to have uh, a, a productive, attractive, beautiful, environmentally pollinator-friendly flower lawn in the wintertime, in spring, and then a regular lawn in the summer. Anyway, if you're not like that, if you want to have a, 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 a monocrop lawn, you don't have a, what we call a nice lawn, like some of you are required to have in certain neighborhoods, if you have trouble with stickers and dandelions and clover and things like that in, in March and April, this is the time to control them. Once they start blooming, it's hard to kill them because all the energy is going up in the flowers and seeds. So if you've had trouble with those in the past and want to do something about it, this is the month. Any kind of weed killer that says of control, dandelions and clover will control most of the winter wildflowers in, in your lawn. So if you put it off, it's going to be harder. It's going to be less effective. Um, so if you want to do it, let's get on it. A nice warmish day in the next uh, week or two, if possible. Uh, now let's slide down the Gulf Coast and see what Victoria has got going on. Good morning, lady. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Good. So far, so good. Not so bad. Good. Listen, I have a Christmas cactus. I have it in the original pot. It was given to me, and it's a young one. It's starting to uh, get growth on. I'll put it outside so it gets the humidity and the moisture and stuff. But when I go to, when it gets big, what do I do as far as potting soil? 
and also um, vitamins or whatever you call it, fertilizer. Yes, yeah, yeah, fertilizer, nutrients. Uh, well, a couple of things. First of all, these trees, I mean, these plants actually grow in trees in the tropics. You know, they're not dirt plants. Sort of like think Spanish moss or bromeliads. You know, so so they don't need a lot of potting soil. They need enough to keep them from drying out completely, but not so much that when you water them, they stay wet for too long. See, so so for the most part, they do best in kind of small, shallow pots. You know, not a deep pot. They're not going to have deep roots, but kind of a smallish, wide, more wide than tall, shallow type pot. Any kind of good potting soil that's got good drainage. You know what this white, crunchy stuff called perlite is? You seen perlite? Yeah. 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 As long as it, if the potting soil has got some perlite in it, it's not going to stay too wet. The extra water will just drain right out. So put put the plant in the next size pot, preferably wider than deep, pretty good potting soil, and just keep it moist. When it gets dry, water Don't let it stay dry, but don't water it until it starts to get dry. And that's pretty much uh-huh. all the... They, and unlike a lot of tropical plants, these can get by without quite so much humidity. So as long as they get uh, some bright light, they'll actually do fine indoors. So you don't have to keep putting oh, okay. them in and out is what I'm saying. Yeah, they're not like oh, ferns. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that was another thing because I had it sitting on the dining room table, and it was getting some light from the outside but not a bunch of bright light. No, they they need bright light. You know, there's very few plants that'll tolerate. You know, the the kind of plants that tolerate really low light are the ones you typically find on the forest floors in in real dense jungles that get practically no light. They typically like uh-huh. a lot of humidity. Anyway, bright bright light, not full sun in the summertime, but bright light, and only water them when they start to get dry. As far as fertilizer. Uh, there's all sorts of different kinds, like ketchup. Some ketchup runs fast, some nice and thick, but it's all still ketchup. Look for one where the numbers are all about the same. And uh, to me, the easiest fertilizer to use is, and I've been using it for over 40 years, it's called Osmocote. I, I don't sell Osmocote. I don't make any money on it. I, I have used that before on tomatoes. Yeah, Osmocote is fine. Osmocote is best for, for container plants because when you water it, it absorbs a little water, squeezes out a little fertilizer uh-huh. as you wash them. So, and so, so one application a year, uh, no more than what the directions call for. Matter of fact, if it calls for a scoop, you can get by with half a scoop. Uh, but anyway, uh, up to how much they recommend once a year and be done with it. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. So it should be pretty easy to t- uh, maintain then. Yeah. Okay, appreciate it. Thanks, Victoria. Well, listen, listen, yeah. let me ask you something. Uh, I'm going to be moving to Jacksonville, uh, North Little Rock. Uh, uh-huh. Will I be able to get this radio? Will I be able to get your program up there? Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, I mean, this, I'm not, well, I, I will brag here. This, this program has got the most downloaded podcast of any other Mississippi produced radio program. A lot of people listen to it either online. You can go to mpbonline.org and it says listen now, or else you can uh, go there anytime and listen to it as a podcast. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, thank you so very much. I appreciate it. You have a no great when, day. Okay. When you move up to Arkansas, tell P. Allen Smith I said hey. Oh, okay. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Uh, Josh, you may not know who P. Allen Smith is because he's from Arkansas, but he's uh, sort of a garden guru. I've been doing a whole lot of stuff. Long. Uh, Alan and I gave lectures together in Louisiana uh, back in the fall, and uh, I even got him to sort of bless my grandmother's concrete chicken. He's 
he's he's the uh, the director of the uh, the heirloom or I forget the name of it, like heirloom chickens, and uh, he 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 did a nice little blessing with the greatest chicken. And Victoria, if you're still listening, when you get ready to move um, uh, to Arkansas, download the MPB Public Media app. Put it on your smartphone or your tablet, and then you can have MPB just at the push of a button. The uh, Gustav Gardner, all of our shows, you can listen live or get the podcast right there in your pocket or your purse or wherever you hold your your mobile device. <laughs> yeah, or, or just in your hand all the time, like I do. I've gotten a job. Of, you know, what did we do before? Well, you're a young guy. You don't remember before cell phones. But what did we do before we had? These, comp- these incredible devices in our pockets all the time. He's gone. Oh, I'm sorry, Felder. <laughs> Kevin, no, Kevin came in here. He asked, I'm going to blame it on Kevin. Kevin, he was asking about your email address. Uh, somebody's called in, but they can't uh, hang on, so they were going to send you an email. And I told them to go yeah. to felderrushing.blog and click email. That's me. it. That's it. That's it. Matter of fact, and, and I got to tell you, they still list the, uh, the MPB type thing you need to make sure they undo that thing but it fell to rushing dot blog and has a little thing that says email me and uh, just click on that i get dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of emails every week and i i, I try to answer well i answer all of them i try to get to them as soon as i can would like to also mention folks who are interested in just keeping up with what's going on sharing with other people you got something you really just want to share with somebody you saw a, a fox in your garden you know what is this little bird or i got a funny mushroom or what's the best sweetest tomato those kind of things um a lot of people are averse to social media but if there was one site i can recommend i can guarantee you it's clean it's mississippi gardening on facebook a lot of facebook stuff but mississippi gardening the administrators carefully vet everybody who applies. they got to say where, what county they live in, and do they agree to be nice. And if they're not nice, get kicked off. So it's a, a place where people share pictures, questions, success stories, tips, Mississippi Gardening on Facebook. Uh, and I'm on there regular. It's the only social media that I do. The only. I don't even have my own Facebook page. So if you're interested in sharing with others, uh, especially people who are not from Mississippi. A lot of people move here from Arizona or, or, or Michigan or New England or, you know, or, and they, they come to Seattle and they don't know how to, where to get started. Uh, when they click on there, all of a sudden they'll get five or six people say, I'm going to Seattle too. Here's how I do it. Here's how I figured it out. So it's a good community that's safe. It's really, really safe. Mississippi Gardening. On Facebook, I don't make any money saying all this. It's just a good any kind of type of outlet. So we're going to be uh, talking about pruning shrubs for the next several months. A lot of people have lost uh, uh, the Confederate jasmine, also called star jasmine. It's a beautiful vine. I have one that is the pride of my garden, the pride of my garden. Beautiful. It climbs up an arbor in between the metal posts. It's just an incredible vine. And I'm afraid it's been killed to the ground. The bark is split down low. It's completely brown. And um, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to just cut it completely down and start back over again. So when people say, oh, Philly, you just don't understand. Yes, I do understand because my garden got boogered up too. Um, but I managed to, to, over the years, collect plants from around the, the area, from around the state, around the south, that like our weather, that will take our extremes. 
to always have something to keep my hopes going. And that's what I encourage folks to do this time of year. Uh, if you can hold off on pruning things, I, I don't need the normal stuff. If you normally prune your roses in February, which most people do, go ahead and prune them. Uh, some people are saying, well, I've got new growth coming on it. Forget it. You're going to cut that branch off anyway. Don't let that new growth soften your heart. If you're going to prune your plant, your figs, uh, your hydrangeas, your roses, you're going to cut them back this time anyway. Go ahead and do it. But don't think like azaleas and abelias and the shrubs that bloom in the summertime as well. Uh, you might want to just hold off a little bit, make sure they sprout out. And if they do, you can still prune them. You can cut a, a, an abelia shrub, a holly bush. You can cut them down in the middle of the summer, and they'll still come out and be fine. So don't let new growth soften your heart. They need pruning, prune them. But if you have an azalea and you say, maybe this will bloom, well, maybe it will. So wait till after it blooms to prune it. In other words, don't be in a hurry. It's not a, a super timely thing. One thing I would recommend, a lot of people are seeing new growth. It's a little early to fertilize. If you put fertilizer out right now, the rains that we're going to have over the next few weeks will, will wash a lot of it away before roots start to grow. So let's fertilize plants in the spring. And spring is more than a month away. So don't, don't be in a rush to fertilize. Uh, lawn weeds, it's a good time to control them. Pruning your roses, good time to do it. Other stuff, let's just hold off. Ride around town, see what other people have got in their yard, see if you can put that in your yard as well. we got a lot of wonderful opportunities to garden, literally, if not garden physically, to garden mentally all year by, by choosing stuff. I would like to mention with Valentine's Day coming up, uh, gardening, we're talking about being good for your heart. Uh, yeah, we're not talking about the exercise. Gardening is good for your spirit. It's good to, to you know, to listen to the to, to the birds singing, to look for the little spring peeper frogs, uh, to enjoy the tiny little wildflowers out there. Look at those. Before you spray your lawn weeds, pluck one of them and look at that flower up close and see if it doesn't look like a little orchid. In other words, savor yourself with all your senses. That's good for your mental health. It's heart healthy is what we would say. So anyway, I feel like I'm starting to get preachy here, but the fact is I'm just, I'm ready to get home. I'm ready to get on home and look at some of my plants, dig up what, what didn't make it, clean back some stuff that's in bad shape, clean stuff up, put some fresh mulch out, maybe get me a pot full of pansies, go to a garden center, get me some snapdragons and pansies and have something to enjoy for the next uh, few weeks rather than worrying about waiting for spring to happen. So take a kid to a garden center or go to a farmer's market. Well, not many farmer's market right now. Take a kid to a garden center. Take yourself, take a friend to find somebody who hasn't gotten out lately and take them to a garden center make them get a pot, some potting soil, and a couple of little flowers put in it. Good for your soul. Good for your heart. So that's, that's what I recommend folks do. Enjoy, savor, gather you rosebuds. And if you have questions during the week, shoot me an email, garden. I was just Felderrushing.blog, B-L-O-G. That's not a weird type of thing. It just got a little butt said, email me and, and take it from there. Uh, if you, so if you get a chance to get down to, to uh, Crosby Arboretum tomorrow, Saturday, or to uh, over to Clinton, to the Clinton Nature Center, you can go online and look for Clinton Nature Center or Crosby Arboretum, get details about their incredible plant sales. And then we're going we're gonna to have a, a pretty good time setting 
native plants out that just like regular landscape plants. Uh, I think it's real interesting that uh, I go to botanic gardens uh, in Japan and botanic gardens in Europe and in England, uh, and every one of them are loaded up with plants that are native to Mississippi. And they don't grow them because they're native plants. They grow them because they're good plants. And uh, if you'd like a, a, a list of the best native plants, the trees, the shrubs, the vines, the wildflowers, the perennials, if you'd like information on great native plants for the landscape, shoot me an email. I've got a list, a little publication with pictures and everything of native plants from Mississippi. And they work in Arkansas, Louisiana, and Alabama, Tennessee, too. So anyway, end of another program. I appreciate Java and Kevin and all the folks at MPB hooking us all up. I'm going to be live in the studio next Friday. We're going to be talking about what all I'm going to do in my devastated yard. And we're going to be as cheerful as we can because that's what gardening is all about. It's about doing stuff and uh, growing a little hope out there, sharing with others. So, anyway, if you get a chance, go to a garden center, take a kid with you if you can, show them how to do what we do best, and that's put stuff in pots or in the ground, green side up, and and to take it from there. In other words, it's good for us all to do nothing else, ride around and look and see what looks good, and if you get a chance, to get dirty. See y'all next week. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.